0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you've got children or you know children who are about to turn 16, they're about to go onto their owls, they're about to start driving on the road, and you're thinking about getting them from A to B safely, how are you going to do that? Are you going to make them hold their smartphone in their hand while they follow Google Maps and try and get where they need to be? No you're going to get them a proper navigation unit. And the best one that we have seen is actually from Navman. It's called the Move 130M. This is a very inexpensive navigation unit. I'm talking about $139 recommended retail price. And this is going to give them a proper mapping system with lane guidance, 3D junction views, parking assist, spoken street names, even fuel type search to make sure they put the right petrol in the right car and they find the right service station. Honestly. Yes, navigation can be good with Google Maps and other brands, but will it really tell you what lane to be in to get to that next exit or to take that right turn or to make sure they turn left at the service station? These ones from Navman will do that. And at $139, it could be the best gift for anybody new to driving, new to any area, new community. Trust me on this one. You really want to make sure you give people that level of comfort when they're already worried about driving as it is. Let's take that navigation and make that hassle-free. Head to navman.com.au and check out their entire range, not just the Move 130M, but even consider dash cams as well, because that's just as important, I think, when it comes to driving on the road. Let's get on with the show. Jeff multi-Australian in Sydney. Tech expert, Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology with Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever it is that you are listening to this show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a subscriber and downloading and listening and everything else. Uh, We have got, we have popped the cork. We have uncorked our first bottle of the day. And it's actually a bottle of champagne. We've gone with a bottle of Moen and uh, it is quite a lovely bottle of bubbles. Now, the reason I've got that open, we celebrated my son's fourth birthday over the weekend. And why not? Why wouldn't you? I mean, he's not at the legal age that he can drink, but it doesn't mean that we can't celebrate on his behalf in that way. Yeah, we just had other ways to celebrate. That's great. This is how we celebrate four years of raising our first child. And uh, I think we're doing okay. I think we're making it. So good that we decided to have another one and uh, she's doing just fine as well. So ladies and gentlemen, today on the show, we are going to be talking about a number of things. I've got three tech news items to, to sort of hammer through, but really inform you about as well. And then we had some big announcements from Fitbit Uh, During the week, three new devices from Fitbit. So if you're in the market for a new wearable, uh, stay tuned for that rundown as well. And then many people have received notification that Apple is about to hold their annual event. Yes. It's Christmas for some nerds as we start to count down to the iPhone 14 announcement and everything that that could be. So what we'll do with that is we'll talk through the invitation or the event announcement because everyone likes to unpack what the secrets may be inside that invitation. But also, what are the rumors? What do we think the new iPhone 14 is going to be like? How many will there be? And what will it actually look like? We've got some ideas and we'll go through that as well. But first of all, Telstra, you know payphones? You've seen those payphones, not those public urinals that people normally use them for. The payphones that are sitting there and they can actually be used to make phone calls. Well, there's been a new change. So Telstra is actually going to offer free Wi-Fi from payphones across Australia. And that means that if you're standing near a payphone and for whatever reason, maybe you've used all your data for the month, maybe you're traveling abroad and someone from Uh, India has come to Australia. They don't have a data plan, but they want to get some data. They just need to find a Telstra payphone. This is a pretty cool idea. And I'm glad that Telstra is doing this because actually a lot of taxpayer money goes into keeping these payphones alive. Yes, a lot of taxpayer money goes into keeping these payphones alive. And there are about 3,000 of these at the moment, which are turned on already. And there'll be actually 12,000 in total once this project is complete. Uh, but effectively, yes, if you're near a payphone, you'll be able to get free Wi-Fi, probably more beneficial to travelers or somebody who has run out of data. But hey, if you've got something important you need to take care of, maybe the speed of that free Wi-Fi on the payphone is better than what you can get over your 3 or 4G or 5G network, depending on who you're with. So something to consider next time you see a payphone out there. Now, the other thing that I think is very interesting is this. I don't know about you guys but when i go to I don't know, a shopping center a park a, a place that's not my home i find it very difficult to sort my rubbish you know you've got a handful of stuff and you're walking towards the bin and it's not just a bin anymore there's like six of these things a blue lid a yellow lid a red lid they've all got little icons on them as to what object should go in there and you're kind of trying to match the icon with what you're holding There's always that debate around the coffee cup. Can the coffee cup go in or is it just the lid? Where does that one go? It's terrible and it drives me crazy. And in fact, I think it does that for a lot of people because what studies have found is that most people actually just tend to pick a bin and they just throw everything into that, which is not a good practice. And I don't do that. I try my best where I can. And I'm apparently probably making even mistakes along the way because you always tend to have somebody saying, hey, did you know that lettuce can actually be recycled or they say something that you just blows your mind and didn't even know that would be the case. So rubbish sorting is a problem. Now, fortunately, UTS, the University of Technology in Sydney, I believe that's what it stands for. um, They have come up with a smart bin. Now, if you go to smartbin.tech, you'll be able to see a video demonstration here where effectively imagine a group of bins all bunched in together. And on top of that was one opening. And inside that opening was a little device that would hold the rubbish, scan the rubbish from an object recognition point of view using cameras, but also material sensing to make sure that it's not, say, um, I don't know, a, a can that is actually made of meat, which shouldn't be recycled, you know, for example, just to make sure that it's not just the material that's being recognized, but also the object to make sure it is making the correct decision. And then it takes that object and puts it into the correct bin, assuming that four is actually enough for us to deal with. Now, this is incredible to watch. You watch people put objects into this bin and within about a second, it identifies what it is and it drops it into the right section. I love this. I need a smart bin in my home. I need these deployed at the local parks. This is something that would make a lot of sense because you know what? It takes the guessing game out of it and it puts the responsibility on somebody else and that's brilliant. You know what? I just want to get all the stuff that I don't want. You can call it rubbish. You can call it recycled waste, whatever you want to call it, but it's stuff that I don't want to be holding in my hand anymore and I want to move it into a hole and let the thing inside the hole figure it out. I like that. I'm supportive of that idea. In fact, I would like one at my home. I have three bins at home. I have a green waste bin, a recycling bin, and a rubbish bin. And I'll tell you what, sometimes if one of them is full, the other one's gonna cop it. But maybe if the robot was there, it would actually make sure that everything is either evenly distributed or it would make sure that actually I don't have a wastage problem because it's sorting things properly. And at the end of the week, I can actually be comfortable with the way the bins are leveled. So head to smartbinbot.tech and have a look at this entire video because I think it's fascinating to watch, Only about 30 seconds. And if they could do something like this in the real world, I think it would make a big difference. I'm all for recycling, but I'm all about making it as easy as possible and taking their guesswork out of it. I think that's the way we should go. And obviously, UTS and even the CSIRO who are involved in this kind of agree. So kudos to them. Now, the last piece of news that we will get into is actually one from LG. This is interesting. So I've tested air purifiers on this show before. Um, I've had them in TV segments. I think that they're good for the right thing. You know, not every house has good ventilation. Um, some people suffer from allergies. There's a lot of good reasons why people have air purifiers, especially when you think about bushfires, um, after floods, there's a lot of reasons where air quality can actually become poor, and as a result, you need to have an air purifier. Now, the problem with air purifiers, in my experience, is it becomes a dedicated unit that takes up a PowerPoint slot. Uh, or an outlet in America it takes up a slot and basically sits there and it's one of those devices that you it's almost like religion you believe it's working or it's not you don't really know because it just sits there and you hope and you cross your fingers and you continue to pray that it's doing its job so that you can continue to breathe cleanly and for me having one of these devices in the home is a bit annoying because do I need it on right now Does it need to be consuming that slot? Could it be doing something else? So LG has kind of tried to tackle that situation with making it multiple talented or multiple use cases. This is a side table, a side table with a wireless charger built in that the pedestal or the stand of the table is the air purifier. So think about that. Next to the couch, you have a little side table maybe. Place where you put your little wine glass or your beer when you're watching the telly, maybe where the corn chips bowl sits. But you've also got a wireless charge built into that table, which means you can put your phone there and it's going to recharge until the ads come up, and then you start, you know, checking Twitter or something. But at the same time, the stand that is holding up that table is a seriously powerful 360-degree air purifier. I like this idea, LG. They're calling it the Puricare Obj Collection Aero Furniture. I think it's European based on how I just pronounced it. It comes in multiple colors, creme rose, creme yellow, and creme gray. So it comes in a red, yellow, or a gray color. Um, And you can also get two different types of tabletops, a round or a, it's called track, which looks like Daytona, like a Daytona track, two straights, two corners. Um, And honestly, I love this idea. For me, this is the kind of air purifier I would want in the house. Um, Being able to wirelessly charge, big winner but also having something act as a second purpose especially air purifiers even better and you know what i i almost look at robot vacuums in the same way because the robot vacuums that we're starting to see these days they're so big they have empty um, emptying units some of them store water now they also empty the water like some of the ones from Ecovacs are seriously big and you need them to be in an area of the home which you didn't normally plan for you know robot vacuums weren't part of most home designs. And you've usually had to find a power outlet to stick this thing to recharge and whatnot. So it'll take up more space than a stick vac would in a cupboard. You don't, You can't exactly pack it away in a cupboard because it needs access to get around the home. And I would like to see them start to think about how they could integrate with furniture as well. Like if my robot vacuum also had a tabletop, then maybe it could sit next to the couch, or it could be a bedside table, or I don't know. But I like the way that LG is at least thinking about these kinds of objects coming into our homes and how they can actually be part of the home rather than just something that is added or retrofitted. So will this come to Australia? We don't really know. This will be announced at IFA. Uh, IFA is coming up in, actually next week, the 2nd to the 6th of of September in Germany. And this is where it will be on display. Pretty boring thing to just look at, but good to know that it does exist and may at some point come to Australia as well. Now, after this, we will talk about the three new wearables from Fitbit and then the glory of Apple. The, the thing is going to be announced very, very soon. Now, if you are listening to this and it's not Monday morning yet, then tune in to Studio 10 on Monday morning i'm doing probably the biggest father's day gift guide that's ever been on television ever not only that everything that i will show in that segment will be given away literally everything and i'm talking about some inexpensive devices but some devices that are worth thousands of dollars i've got a whole home of tech to run through in that segment, time is going to be an issue. But if you're the lucky viewer who is watching, there's a chance that you will take home everything. We're not going to do like one thing for one person, a second place prize. No, no, no. I'm going to give away the whole lot. And we're talking about five, six, maybe $8,000 worth of gear. Actually, probably more than that. For example, Samsung Galaxy S22 Ultra, that's over a thousand bucks on its own. That's in there. Huge amounts of stuff. A Traeger grill, like what I use and what I barbecue on, that's worth about 1600 bucks. That's in there trust me, worth tuning into Studio 10. Follow me on Twitter so you can get all of those announcements and make sure you are watching because if you're not, you'll have to watch the replay and then you'll have to enter. You'll actually have the whole week to enter into that competition. I hope one of my listeners win. I won't get to pick that. That'll be a, a Channel 10 thing to pick, but it's actually worth tuning into Studio 10 for that segment or following me on Twitter to get the, uh, the recording and obviously going ahead and enter. Um, saying that you know me probably won't help. Uh, there will be a, a proper entry criteria. And again, I'm not going to be part of that piece, but I'm just letting you know that if you want a whole home of tech, and I'm serious, a whole home, like this Lavazza machine, the one that you can talk to, that's in there. Like, I can't even tell you how much stuff. Navman products that we talk about, they're in there. So much stuff. I won't ever run through the whole lot because that would ruin the segment. But trust me, there is no other network on the planet that is doing a Father's Day gift guide like this or as glamorous and extensive as this one. So do tune in for that. Now let's get on with Fitbit. Now Fitbit Fitbit was acquired by Google uh, a while back, maybe not that long ago, but this is now time where Fitbit products are going to start showing by Google alongside it. The integration of Google and Fitbit is a match made in heaven. Now the only other company that could have bought Fitbit and made, made gold of it as well would have been Apple. The fact that Google bought them is great for their stable of smartwatches and activity trackers. When you think about Fitbit, they were the originals. They were the OGs when it comes to activity tracking. I remember having a step counter from Fitbit that used to clip onto my belt, and that was cool once. All I did was count my steps, and that was the cool thing to have. Um, But now they do so much more than that. Three new devices have been announced, and these are now inspired by Google. You can see how Google's influencing. Um, but also still remaining very much a Fitbit device and unmistakably so when you look at them. The Inspire 3 uh, replaces the Inspire 2 is the most inexpensive version of a Fitbit that you can have. It's more of a watch band style. It's not a smart watch per se. Um, This is thin. This is very thin. It's something that you could just wear even on the alternate wrist to where you would like to wear maybe a traditional watch or a different smart watch. At $180, the prices remain the same. They come in three colors. There is like a black, a pink, and a yellow variant of it. And honestly, it's just a simple Fitbit. It's just the one where people who want to track their steps, track their activity, it's all built in. But the best part here is that you're going to have things like stress monitoring, sleep patterns, um, real heart recognition as well and understanding your heart rhythm and tracking your, your workouts in a different way. You'll have 10 days of battery life. Couldn't we wish for 10 days out of any other gadget? 10 days of battery life coming in here, high heart rate, low heart rate notifications. You'll still get those reminders to get up and go for a walk. It is still connected to your phone. So it is in some ways going to be an extension of your phone. If you get a call, if you get a text, if there's an app notification, that will all still come through the Inspire 3 as well. So don't think it's completely a slouch when it comes to being a smartwatch, but it is primarily just something to get your notifications on, you know, read that text and then decide whether you need to go to your phone to respond to it. It's not going to be the sort of thing that you're going to talk into and have it, you know, I don't know book your next flight or call you an Uber. It's just going to help you get through the day and keep an eye on it as well so i think it's one of those devices a great entry drug into activity tracking if you don't have one already a lot of people also get devices like this to be the, their alarm clock you know if you've got a partner and you normally have a noisy alarm clock which annoys the heck out of them when it's trying to wake you up having a fitbit means that it could just vibrate at a time that suits you and get you out of bed in the morning without it disturbing everybody else the part that i love is that when I look at the press photos of these new products, the Inspire 3 and the other two, which we're about to talk about, um, the person holding or wearing one of these Fitbits is usually also holding a Google product such as the Pixel phone in their hand. So it's quite cool to see how Google is already kind of, you know, seeping their way in and you can see it through their media materials now as well. But the other thing I will say here is that the Fitbit app is still unmatched by any brand. Now, I love what Withings does, and I think they're getting very close in that sense, but the Fitbit app is just gorgeous. It's, for me, as someone who works in analytics uh, on a day-to-day basis, the Fitbit app is what I always refer to as the best example of analytics done well. There was no instruction manual. No one t- tells you how to digest Fitbit data, but trust me, it's so natural and easy. You don't need instruction manuals, you don't need training on how to use a Fitbit dashboard in the same way you shouldn't need training how to use a well designed Tableau dashboard, for example, but that's another topic. Now, the other product that they have announced is the Versa 4. This actually replaces the Versa 3. Who would have thought? Now, this one comes in four colors. You're going to get a black, um, you're going to get this black bluish, you're going to get this pink, and then there's like a maroon. They're calling it beetroot juice, and I guess that's a very Google kind of thing to, to say. They love to use their, the way that they name their colors. It is very typical of them. Now, we are talking here about more of a smartwatch device, given that it's got a square display. This is a $379 watch, so it does need to be a little bit more than just your you know simple step tracking and things like that. One of the things that it does do is the Fitbits these days, they monitor your entire well-being. And the reason that's important is because you shouldn't necessarily be working out every day. And if you're going to the gym and you're pumping in two hours a day, pretty good chance you're going to get unwell or something's going to go wrong. And if you're pushing yourself too hard, your stress levels are too high, your heart rate is continually too much, you're just doing too much it's a problem, especially if you're not getting enough sleep and so on. So what Fitbit now does is it looks at everything, how well you've slept, how much movement you've had, how hard you've been working, and gives you what they call a daily readiness score. And that's to really tell you, hey, today, you got to take it easy. Like, you're pushing yourself too much. You didn't get much sleep last night. Today, I don't want you going in the gym, basically. And that's what's getting very smart about Fitbit now is they're really focused on everything to do with your well-being i think that's a really smart thing to do they also have workouts built into the watch itself now as well so you know if you're strapped thinking about what the heck you should do you've got 10 minutes to do a workout you can actually follow workouts on the device itself now you don't even need your phone nearby there's workouts built in to the versa now you're going to get six days of charge on this and what's even more interesting you get a full recharge in 12 minutes so the time it might take you to the drive to the gym, you get a full charge on your Fitbit, even if it was dead, dead in the ground. I mean, that's really, really smart. So I do like that. The other thing you're going to get SPO2 readings, all the stuff that you should expect from a good smartwatch, ECG, all that stuff will actually still be there as well. And obviously the app, as I said, it's just one of the best things ever. So I think this is a good start. They're going to add payments to this as well. They're taking payments further. And actually what's funny enough, despite being owned by Google, the Versa 4 still has Amazon Alexa built in kind of would have thought that by now Google would have been like can we stop doing that can we just have Google Assistant built in but Amazon Alexa is still built into this particular watch now it could just be that the operating system is so intertwined with Alexa that that's the way it's going to work for now. Um, But interesting to see that the Versa 4 still has Amazon Alexa built in. I did say that was $379 and that one and both of these will be available on the 29th of September. Something to look forward to potentially. And then we talk about their most expensive or their highest end Fitbit. It's called the Sense 2. Now the Sense 2 comes in a gray, a white and a blue mist. Uh, Blue mist I feel like is the is a color of a previous Google smartphone. Someone will will pull me up on that, but I think that's the exact same name. $449.95, September 29th availability, as I mentioned as well. And again, this is a very, very similar one to the Versa, but the Sense usually adds a few more Sensors. And Sensors being, um, they're doing one around sweat, sweat detection. So it actually doesn't look at, okay, your heart rate's high, you must be doing a workout. Your heart rate's high, you're moving. And we can detect that you're sweating. Something's happening. So it's really trying to get smarter about, okay, you're not just gaming on your computer and your heart rate's high. Let's, let's record a workout. It's actually saying, okay, you're really working out here because we can sense that your body is warming up because it has temperature built in. Uh, we can sense that your heart rate's high. We can feel there's movement going on. And we've also got some sweat happening. And that means that you're really properly working out something is actually going on here. And also using those kinds of sensors to detect anomalies or problems as well. Like, why are you sweating? You're not even moving. You're not doing anything. What's, What's happening? Are you asleep and you're sweating? do we have a problem we need to deal with from your sleeping patterns? Have you got sleep apnea that we should be focused on? Like really trying to diagnose health issues. And this is one of the things that The Sense 2 is focused on, again, is these health metrics to try and help you understand your body better and understand you better. And I think this is getting smarter and smarter. Now, the big thing about the Sense 2 is also partnerships that they've made to allow a huge range of accessories. So I've mentioned the colors there, but trust me, the amount of accessories to replace that watch band with leather or more um, fitness-focused ones and things like that, nylon, different materials there's so much available at launch that that's one of the smart things that they've done there. Now, I did say before about the, the Versa, the Sense 2 also has the six days of battery life and the full recharge in 12 minutes, which is just insane. Um, the clock faces and um, UI has been refreshed in that way as well. It's got the hands-free um, payments, still has the Alexa built in, which I think is kind of hilarious. Um, and it's, to me, that more advanced next level health tracking. So if you wanted something that has a bit more features, then this would be the one. The actual screen size looks the same um, as the Versa 4. Pretty hard to actually pick the differences of someone walking by. The one thing that the Sense 2 has that the Versa 4 does not is a button on the side, um, which the uh, Versa does not have. So the Sense 2 has the button on the side probably for a navigation or recording activity point of view. Um, Look, we will probably try and get all three of those at some point to try and give them a bit of a run through. I love to do smartwatch roundups and we did one just recently i think it was for men's health and you know this is now coming in at another time where if there's a new apple watch potentially then we could be looking at rounding in a nice smartwatch roundup as part of that as well so we'll stay tuned for that in the meantime time for a sippy sip of this lovely champagne and then it's going to be apple time let's talk about all the rumors of the iphone 14 and when the big event will take place Now, I woke up this morning and I was quite pleasantly surprised to receive an invitation from Apple into my inbox personally for me um, to tell me that there was this Apple event coming up. Normally, I get the general consumer email that others receive and that's okay. But it was nice to see that the PR company uh, decided to inform me personally about the Apple event upcoming. Now, I am remaining home. I will not be going there. But what is interesting is the event invitation itself. The event invitation itself shows the Apple logo, what's created by what seems to be a galaxy or a series of stars as seen from a distance. If you've ever paired an Apple Watch, um, paired an Apple Watch to your iPhone, you would know the image that it's, that you scan on the Apple Watch. It looks a little bit like that, like a galaxy of moving stars. But inside that you can see a very visible Apple logo. Now on top of that, in terms of the invitation is the title far out. It's a phrase I use a lot actually. Now, obviously we get a word and we get images and the internet melts down to unpack what on earth Apple is trying to tell us. What secrets are they trying to put in their invitation that we must understand? Well, far out probably means taking something from far. Given that we're seeing a picture of a galaxy, maybe this will be good night photography in the next iPhone. Maybe this will mean a very good optical zoom. It will mean probably one of those two things or both. Now, when you look at that and you say, "Okay, I think I'm happy to move on. It is going to be on Wednesday, September 7th. So we're not far from that. If you're in Australia, that'll be September 8th at the crack of dawn. I'm looking forward to waking up for that and trying to uh, tweet about it. I will usually tweet about it. And for me, that's one of the most fun things to do. I'll tell you why. Because in the morning, a lot of people do wake up and they check Twitter. And you can wake up on Apple Day and you'll see a lot of links from people saying all the details about the new iPhone here. Click here. And that means that you've been happily scrolling and then you've had to click to go to somebody else's website because they need to get that little verification that you've clicked so that you can read the three stats that you needed and the price and the availability and you can move on with your day. What I like to do is I like to tweet about it and just show you it all in one picture. Here is the latest iPhone. Here's the picture. Here is the, here's the big thing about it. Here is the price and here's the availability. And I tweet it. And I don't think anyone who runs a website really likes me doing that because, well, you can guess why. No clicks to their site, less revenue, blah de blah. -blah. But I just want you to get the information as fast as you possibly can. Now, the iPhone 14, what do we think it's going to look like? What do we think it's going to do? Is it going to fold in half? Is it going to flip backwards? Is it going to make me dinner? Probably none of those things. The iPhone 14 is probably going to look very, very similar to the 13 we're talking about that candy bar shape those rounded corners but those those rugged sort of sides that we have been seeing so it's more like a flat candy bar still with those rounded corners though now one of the things that we're going to probably see this year is this a 6.1 inch and a 6.7 inch screen i don't think we're going to see the mini this year i know one person who has the mini and bought it on purpose and he will never admit it but i swear he regrets that purchase it looks like It looks like he's holding a cherry ripe mini, like out of the favorites box, and it's like he's really enjoying that as a meal. It ain't a meal. It ain't enjoyable. Trust me. There's buyer's remorse in a mini device. I think, but I think we're going to see a 6.1 and a 6.7 inch. And I think what we'll actually end up doing here is having this. Imagine four devices. So, iPhone 14 and iPhone 14 Pro, the same screen size. iPhone 14 Plus iPhone 14 Pro Max, same screen size. So, what we'll end up having here is still the ability to get a normal size and a large sized iPhone without the added camera lenses and better screen and things like that, but then having a pro version of the small and large iPhone. So, then you don't have a mini, you just have, because you've got the SE, don't forget you've got the SE, right? So, you'll end up having two entry level iPhones at two different sizes and then two pro iPhones at two different sizes. So you've got the choice of what you'd like to do there. I think we're going to see the removal of that top notch. That top notch is, is big, it's ugly. And trust me, you can get phones at 400 bucks that don't have them. So I think we're going to see a punch hole camera for the front facing camera and a very, very small grill for you to be able to listen to people that you're talking to when you do use the device as a phone. So I think the notch will be removed at the top that will make a much cleaner interface. It'll be a, a really important thing for them to finally go ahead and do. There'll obviously be improvements to the processors. You can, as you always see in every Apple announcement, they talk about it's a gillion times faster. It's a billion times better at this. It's games processing is much better, blah, blah. And you always end up watching these things thinking, man, my iPhone from 12 months ago sucks because you've just told me that this new one is 50% faster, 60% brighter, and the cameras are 20% better. There's always big numbers being thrown out. I don't know who verifies those numbers or who just sits there crying about the fact that their 12-month-old iPhone is now really redundant compared to the new model. But it's something I always watch and I think, man, Glad I didn't just buy the new iPhone. Now we will see the 120 Hz display as always. I cannot, I can hope this time that we start to see it very adaptable. So it can reduce down to say 10 hertz and things like that for when you're reading text. We'll wait and see. I think we'll still see the same camera array at the back. Two lenses for the base, three lenses for the pro. How ugly and pushed out they're going to be, I hope, is reduced. I think at the moment they are kind of hideous. When you see someone with a pro device, it's like they've pulled out a weapon. like It's a big three buttons on the back. And I just hope that they can reduce that or make it look a little bit more slimmer on the body of the actual iPhone itself. But we'll wait and see. So there is going to be a bit to come from that. There's a talk around a change in materials. And we actually might see a titanium model as well, which would make it very strong very scratch resistant, and it would be a really nice move. Probably something we would see in the pro, and also would actually help from a cooling perspective as well. So, there is a lot of talk around how they can better cool these devices, given that we're processing so much more into these things and things like that now. Will we actually see uh, improved cooling on them so they don't get hot when you're charging or when you're really working them? Um, that's up to Apple to try and figure out. The other thing, and the big question will be will we see the end of the lightning port in this model? Will the charging plug change in iPhone 14? Europe has been hounding Apple, hounding them and pushing them to make the change to be aligned with every other consumable electronic device. Now I'm talking about from Bluetooth speakers, headphones, laptops, and smartphones. USB-C is the standard. Apple has been holding back on this one for a very long time. Their iPad Pro has it. So let's not think that we can't do this. Apple can do it. They've got the parts. It's a choice. It's a choice Apple needs to make to make the change. Now, they don't include the charger in the box as it is or the brick. So what do they care? Just change the plug, force us all to buy a new charger. We usually have to buy one anyway. Why not just go ahead and make this the most talked about feature of the phone? The risk that Apple has, and it's exactly what I just said, the risk that Apple has is that they announced that the iPhone 14 is now available. It's got the world's best camera. Imagine like the world's best camera, but they also at the same time announce that it's got a USB-C charger. The only thing that the media will talk about that day is the fact that it's changing charging plugs. And that is a risk that Apple has to take at some point as to when they take the spotlight away from everything else that they will announce and know that the only thing that the media will focus on is the fact that the charger has changed. It happened when they went from 30 pin to lightning. I remember the drama, the amount of people saying, well, all this waste, all, what am I supposed to do with my old, my old speaker dock? What do I do with my old charging cables? And people go mad. So Apple has to take that heat at some point. And when they do decide to make that change, I imagine there will be a lot of focus on that. So I know that on the day, that's what will probably set my phone calls apart. Will the radio want to talk to me about the iPhone 14 latest cameras and features, or will they want to talk to me about the fact that the charging port has changed? It's Apple's choice. Let's just see if they announce it. Now, as always, from an availability point of view, we usually expect one to two weeks after the announcement. So mid-September, you could be holding onto a new iPhone 14, given that the event is on the 8th. pre pre-orders usually open that day. Delivery is usually the week after. So yeah, mid, mid-September, you could be having the new iPhone 14. Now, what does that mean for you in the interim? It means this. Do not buy an iPhone today. Do not buy. Even if you love the iPhone 13, it's the one that you want. Do not buy it. Please wait. Please wait, because here's the thing. There's a good chance that the iPhone 14 will try and be um, as close as possibly matched to the existing price. We haven't seen a lot of price rises from other smartphone brands this year, so I actually think it'll be smart if Apple can also hold firm if possible. I know inflation's a thing, but if they can do that, that'd be a good thing. That means that if you're going to buy an iPhone 13 today, you'd be dumb because you'll have a better phone just in a few weeks' time. Just hang in there. Keep your phone running buy a portable charger, whatever it is you got to do to make it work, rent a phone, call me. I'll send you one to use in the meantime, like figure it out for now. Now let's wait and see what does happen with this. The other rumor that I'm going to quickly touch on is this. There's a rumor that they're going to have the iPhone 14, probably in a pro version available with up to two terabytes of storage. That's a rumor that I've been seeing quite a bit. Um, I don't know who needs two terabytes of storage. Please just get cloud storage and make use of that. But if you're someone who produces a crazy amount of video that two terabytes is somehow a requirement or a wish on your list, that looks like it may be a thing. The last one that I will touch on real quick is the SIM card slot. The SIM card slot is something we have on every device. It takes up space. It takes up internal space. And it means there's an accessibility area on the side of the device where you need to put a physical SIM card in. We are at a a point in our world where an eSIM is widely adopted. An eSIM means that your network sends you a digital SIM card that you load onto the phone and suddenly your phone comes to life with your phone number. Could this also be a year where Apple removes the SIM card? And actually, I'll caveat this. If Apple decides to do that at the same time of changing the the charging plug, one may win over the other. The, The fact that you would potentially be able to go on radio and say, Apple's announced the latest iPhone, and you won't need to think about SIM cards anymore. That might be more exciting from a radio perspective than talking about the fact that the charging slot has changed. I don't know. Let's wait and see. If you're with me, you'll be listening and watching in uh, for the Far Out event on the 8th of September at the crack of dawn. Otherwise, I believe the 8th of September is a Thursday morning, which means that that day you'll get all of the roundups, all of the good news and all the bad news in this show, Technology Uncorked. We do it each and every week, literally every single week. Since I've started this show, we have not missed a single week, even through Christmas, New Year's, we kept going. And I'm I'm kind of proud of that. I like that we can try and fill a show every week and I still get to talk to you guys as well. So if you do have any questions, please do let me know. I did have a really good question this week, um, which I thought was almost a blind spot on my behalf. And I apologize to anyone uh, about this. Uh, Robert reached out and asked if there was a way to download the MP3 from my podcast. And the short answer was you used to be able to when I use Wooshka as the um, hosting platform. Now that I'm using Anchor, I can't see uh, an option to add that. So what I'm going to do is try and find a, uh, not a podcast host, but a podcast service that not only allows you to stream from their service, but also download the MP3. And once I find that, we'll add that to the Anchor profile page as well. So, uh, Robert, thank you for your email. I will actually respond to you when I have a proper answer. Um, at the moment, I've kind of just responded and said, I don't know, I'm going to figure it out. So, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for downloading. If you have not left an, a review on Apple's iTunes, you can go ahead and do that today. It's free, and I like reading them as well. Uh, otherwise, you know how to reach me Instagram, Twitter, Facebook please hit me up with your comments, feedback, concerns, or anything you actually want me to talk about. If there's something that's burning a hole in your pocket you want me to actually address for you, uh, please do reach out. We can cover that in our show next week. Thank you for listening. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.